This is Ron Stockton. Well, you may not have noticed, but February 6, 2022, is the first anniversary of Stockton After Class. It seems like yesterday that I started, but the first posting was actually February 6, 2021. I thought you might like a report on what has happened between those two dates. First, let me tell you how this podcast series came about. When I stepped down from classroom in December 2020, after 48 years, I knew I was going to miss the teaching experience. As I said to my wife, I'm an educator. It's what I do and what I am. And now I will be without a classroom. So what am I? Jane and my sons and several students said that I should start a podcast series. I was definitely resistant. I was not even sure what that meant or how to do it. And I had a friend who did a podcast and got a modest response. I did not want to put a lot of effort into a project and be embarrassed by the lack of interest. However, my former student, Yasmin Kadu, had a wonderful podcast called Dearborn Girl. She offered to help me get started. Then my sons, Greg and Ted, bought me some fancy equipment, including a wonderful microphone that produces clear sound. And Jane offered to become my technical advisor. She did not know any more than I did about that topic, but she is smart and analytical and fearless, and unlike me, does not get frustrated and give up like I do when I try something five times and it never works. As far as I'm concerned, when something has not worked after five tries, I just say a bad word and declare that the program has a flaw. Jane will say, let me have a look at this, to which I typically reply, go ahead if you think you're smarter than I am, which she inevitably is. Thanks, Jane. Anyway, at that point, with Greg and Ted and Jane and Yasmin and even Bayan Jaber on my side, I was obligated. I was obligated. Jane went to Buzzsprout and got me an account. They have free accounts, but if you get a pay account, you can post six hours a month, which are also archived. That means that when some of you who were my former students are my age, you can make your grandkids listen to my lectures. I'm sure they will be thrilled. And it is available on all platforms. You just Google the name and it appears. But I never yielded to pressure from my older son to create a YouTube account so you could see me as I speak. You have me and my doppelganger if you want to know what I look like. Ah, but the name. I didn't know what to call this series. I liked After Class, but that name had been used by others. Yasmin told me just to experiment with different names. Soon, she said, something would appear that would be perfect. And she was right. I began writing things down. But when I came up with Stockton After Class, it was exactly what I wanted. It was easy to remember, and those who knew me would recognize it as mine. So I had a name, a quality microphone, but no podcasts. I decided to start by telling people what I planned to do. That initial podcast, What I Planned to Do, got over 300 downloads. I was a bit surprised by that, pleasantly surprised. I knew early on that I wanted some theme music. I was thinking of something classical, maybe Mozart. I asked my friend Kevin Dewey, a legendary Dearborn musician, if he had any ideas for copyright-free music. He did, but then he said, let me try to compose something for you. And within a day, he produced that wonderful theme, Taking Stock. Thanks, Kevin. That's super. But what to do next? A podcast series has to have podcasts, and I didn't have any. 
That sounds bizarre, but one of the gifts of the pandemic, at least in terms of this series, was that classes during the fall of 2020, my last semester in the classroom, were virtual. Not only were they virtual, but they were asynchronous, a term I had not even heard before. This means that I had to record lectures speaking to a machine rather than speaking to a classroom. And then I would post them. I've never quite figured out why they would not allow me to have students listening to those live Zoom lectures, which could still be posted for those who missed class. There were no diversions or discussions or whatever else happened in class. But in retrospect, this gives me a solid base of talks to share with listeners. That semester, I taught the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, religion and politics, and American politics. Those were perfect for a broader audience. The first few weeks were a bit rough, to be honest. I had to figure out the technology issues and how to talk to a machine as if it were a person. But my style improved over time. When I started posting, I thought it would mo I would mostly get people who knew me, friends and family, or former students. But almost instantly, I got beyond that base. I was surprised and very excited when I got a thousand total downloads. Yasmin had told me that when I started posting on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, my postings would go viral. Indeed, they did. My first 20 or so podcasts were original, were half original, half revivals of classroom lectures. My first hit was Understanding Impeachment. That was a lecture I had delivered during the first Trump impeachment, so I had full notes and was able to redo it. Suddenly, I was getting downloads in Europe and Asia and South America and Africa and Oceania and other places. I guess a lot of people were interested in impeachment. Then I did a podcast on impeachment for insurrection, the second trial of Donald Trump. That also was well received. I did a podcast on Obama's memoir and one on Vernon Jordan, whom I had met and who had just died. And I recorded an earlier reflection on the life of Nelson Mandela. I had also written something on what I call the replacement wars about violent white nationalism. Those were all well received. Then in May, the Israelis got stupid and disrupted Ramadan observations in Jerusalem. They sent soldiers in the, into the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound to cut the wires of the speakers that broadcast the call to prayer and tried to drive young men out of the mosque. It was a fiasco. Hamas gave them a deadline to withdraw or they would begin shelling. The deadline passed and the shelling started. And we had the 2021 Israel-Hamas war, or whatever they call it. Meanwhile, I was recycling old lectures, background to Zionism, Herzl's Der Judenstaat, three narratives on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, the PLO Charter, the 1936 uprising, the 1948 Palestine War, the origin of Israel and the destruction of Palestine. Boom, my podcast took off. And the more downloads I got, the more podcasts I posted. By the time of the ceasefire, 11 days later, I had 8,500 downloads in 76 different countries and 864 different locations. What a thrill. As I speak to you today, I have just under 26,000 downloads in 106 countries and 1,980 different locations. I usually increase locations by one or two a day. One of my download sites is an island republic about to go underwater. Suddenly, global warming has become a personal issue. So where do I get my podcasts? Well, I've mentioned the pre-recorded classroom talks, so that's one. 
Second, I have adapted past articles and public talks. Biography of a Graveyard, for example, was an article. Introducing Mersheimer and Walt was a public talk in which I had introduced those two famous political scientists who had written a book entitled The Israel Lobby. They were pleased that I skipped their resumes and discussed their significance. Third, I have some ad hoc topics. Replacement wars about violent white nationalism is one example, and one that all of you should listen to. There was a talk on the end of the Afghan war and another on the insurrection of January 6, 2021. Former students have told me they miss my classroom briefings, as I call them, on current developments. These were efforts to help students understand very complex contemporary issues. Some of these talks are intended to fill that void. There are also personal topics. When Ron Met Jane is a winner telling about my courtship, my grandkids recommend it. King's Mountain is about an important battle during the American Revolution. It just so happens that my ancestor was in that battle. My talk on Richard III is unique, being the only sermon I ever delivered. People like it, but no one has asked me to become their pastor. And there are several other odd postings. My trip to the English Lake District, my grandfather's stories, stories of Kenya. Well, it's my podcast series, so I can get personal if I wish. I also discuss books that I like. Marilyn Robinson's Gilead, my favorite novel, and Hannah Arendt's Eichmann in Jerusalem, and Obama's memoir. I'll probably do more that I like in the future. I've tried to give you clusters of talks so that you can build up knowledge, a knowledge base on some topics if you wish. After all, I am a professor, continuing my educational mission after the classroom. As I looked over the list of 84 podcasts, I saw certain patterns. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict has the most podcasts, at least 16, according to how you count. I have more to come, and you might anticipate some that are entirely new as events evolve. There are several on the Catholic Church, a favorite topic, as some former students know. Uh, introduction to the Church, Rerum Novarum, John Paul II, Vatican II, there will be more. There are podcasts on Islam, Satanic Verses, Background to Osama Bin Laden, Osama's Declaration of War on America. I know, I know, most Muslims hate Osama, but he's important, so we have to include him. There will be other topics in the future. There have been several profiles of people, Ariel Sharon, Orville Hubbard, my colleague Bernie Klein, Rabbi Kahana, General Westmoreland, Pete Seeger, General Powell, and the South Africans, Nelson Mandela, Archbishop Tutu, and F.W. de Klerk. I like profiling personalities, especially those with whom I have some kind of a connection. On religion, I have discussed Feuerbach, numerology, Maccabees, Daniel, Marx on religion, Abram Leon on Jews, and Christian Zionism. Trigger warning, trigger warning. These topics are counterintuitive. This means they give you perspectives you probably have never encountered before, but I think you'll like them, even if they upset you once in a while. What else? There are some talks that stand alone. Genocide, the Holocaust, the replacement wars, how sexual misconduct investigations go wrong, Christmas songs, including one on Rudolph. I also discussed the history of my church when it closed and its involvement with the local Arab community. Durban people would like that one. African Americans have five topics, black leaders, black intellectuals, Obama's election, Obama's memoir, Vernon Jordan, 
Given that I think the position of African Americans is the central issue in American politics and American history, you can anticipate much more, much more such postings on this topic. What were my greatest hits? Well, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict leads the pack. Four of those got over a thousand downloads each. Introduction to the series, background to Zionism, the 1948 Palestinian War, and three narratives on Israel. That last one, on narratives, had me concerned for a while. After six months, it had under 300 downloads. And it's really important. It goes into metal learning, that is, understanding how we think. One of my favorite students said it completely changed her way of thinking as she suddenly realized she was not objective, but was just interpreting everything according to the narratives in her head, the ones she had picked up at home. So much so-called discussion of that conflict consists of selecting and organizing facts into a narrative that allows someone to prove that they are right and everyone else is wrong. That is such a waste of time, unless of course your goal is just to argue yourself blue in the face. What I want to do, and some of you may have figured this out, is to mess with your head and make you think. But when I checked downloads over time, I realized that almost all podcasts have legs. Not everyone listens during the first two weeks. And I'm so happy to report that in the last four months, those narratives, downloads, have jumped from 300 to just under 1,200. I'm not sure what caused this particular surge, but I'm glad you're interested in that topic. Some other podcasts on this conflict got into the 500 range, the 1936 war, the 1967 war, Herzl's Der Judenstaat, the Al-Aqsa Intifada. I think there is an exceptional amount of interest on this topic, and a need to get non-biased information on it. So who are you, my download friends? 75% of you are Americans, but that means a quarter of all downloads are overseas. Overall, there are listeners in 106 different countries. The major download locations are in Britain, Germany, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Netherlands, Israel, and Singapore. But there are also listeners in India, Pakistan, Poland, Thailand, Brazil, Uganda, Senegal, Iceland, Hong Kong, UAE, Iran, Russia, and even Mongolia. Thumbs up for Ulaanbaatar, Genghis Khan's hometown. Regarding the 1,980 specific locations where there are listeners, the major places are Columbus, Ohio, Dearborn, Hamtramck, Dearborn Heights, Huff, Ohio, a mostly black neighborhood in Cleveland, Atlanta, Berkeley, Michigan, Chicago, Manhattan, and Ann Arbor. These are the top 10. Others with large numbers of listeners are Inkster, Detroit, New York, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, Portland, and Seattle. Then there are the other places, Tel Aviv, Gaza, Short Pump, Virginia, Curious Joel, the, the Satmar Enclave in New York City, Quebec, KwaZulu, Nablus, Bali, Ile-de-France, Hanoi, Phnom Penh, North Sumatra, Anguilla, and even Indented Head Victoria in Australia. Three cheers for Indented Head. I'm pleased that there are people in the Detroit area, but I'm also pleased at how people in distant American cities tune in, and I'm especially pleased at the international listeners you are all very welcome. Busprite tells me where you live, but it doesn't tell me anything about you. I'm very interested in how you found this podcast series and why it interests you. 
If you feel comfortable, you're welcome to send me an email at StocktonAfterClass at gmail.com. You're also welcome to join the Stockton After Class discussion group on Facebook. There's not a lot of discussion, but it's a good place to get updated information. There's an agency that tracks podcasts according to how popular they are. They call themselves the Nielsen Rating System of Podcasts. Stockton After Class was rated at 30 on a 100-point scale. Cool. That means we're ahead of 70% of all podcasts. Wow. I don't get a lot of feedback, but what I get is often rewarding. Former students tell me they feel as if they are back in class. Some say they miss the university experience, and this restores that feeling. One of my friends, an awesome guy who never got a chance to go to college, tells me he feels as if he's getting a college education for free. He told me he clicked onto a podcast one night at 10 o'clock and kept listening until 3 o'clock in the morning. One email was memorable. It was from a third grade teacher in Wisconsin. She had read to her class a story about a Somali refugee child. One of the kids in the class asked if this was similar to what the Palestinians had experienced. I think she and I were both pleasantly surprised that a third grade child had even heard of the Palestinians. Anyway, the teacher said she did not know how to answer the question. She herself did not know anything about the Palestinian situation. So she decided to learn. She got on the internet and began searching. Soon she discovered my podcast. She said she began listening to them and wanted to thank me for providing such valuable information and insights. Now she feels she can answer that question the next time it comes up. I can't overstate how happy I was to receive that email and how happy I am that a third grade child knew about the Palestinians and that a third grade teacher felt she needed to educate herself to be able to answer that question the next time it comes up in the third grade. This is the kind of teacher we all wish our kids and grandkids had. Are there any podcasts that I wish everyone would listen to? Well, I have a few favorites. Replacement Wars, The Ideology of Violent White Nationalism. I'm sorry to say, but this will increase in importance over time. Gilead, that wonderful novel by Marilyn Robinson. I love it. Three Narratives on Israel. It will make you think. Lincoln's Second Inaugural. Lincoln and I agree that this was his greatest speech. Other people think it's the Gettysburg Address, but what do they know? Paradigm Lost and Black Swan, two talks on the future of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. These will open your mind. Black Intellectuals and Black Leaders, and other talks on black issues. I think the more you know about this topic, the better off you'll be. And please remember that I'm white, so you should use these as jumping off points rather than intellectual destinations. Okay, a few final thoughts. I started posting the texts of some broadcasts on the University of Michigan Virtual Archive, Deep Blue, if you want a written text. Not all are there, but some. There's a three-minute podcast on Deep Blue and how to find it. My son Greg has created a website where I can post documents, photos, and other information. It is new at this point, but when I discuss a document, I will try to post it there and try to let you know I have done that. It is called StocktonAfterClass.org. Thanks, Greg. There are no PowerPoints. I initially thought there would be, but it's not possible. Let me finish by thanking all of you who listen in. Your response has made me very happy. I put a lot of work into these, especially the new ones, but it's worth it. I'm no longer in front of the class, but I'm able to keep doing my thing of discussing complex issues in a way that I hope informs listeners 
opens minds, and generates new ways of thinking. Thanks for listening.